0: Welcome. We are the Projectile Lunchcast, a group of friends with a combined professional video games industry experience of over 20 years. More importantly, we have collectively been discussing video games for close to a century, including during most of our lunch breaks. People forced to witness these arguments kept telling us to just get a room and make a podcast. So that's what we did. We don't think they had any idea what they were bargaining for, yet here we are. And we couldn't be more excited to have you, dear listener... Join us on this adventure.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Projectile Lunchcast. This one's 57. I'm super stoked to have all of you, dear listeners, join us. My name is Marcel, and I am once again also joined by Busty.
0: Hi, guys. And if in case you're wondering, no, I I, I was not replaced by someone on Fiverr, but my mic broke. So if I sound a little bit different than usual, um, you have to play my mic. I would, by the way, be happy to replace you on Fiverr. So if if you dear
1: audience, if you know a a decent busty imitator, he has to do all the classics like, oh no, my tank is on fire. Then please let me know. Maybe you, maybe they
0: get give me a better deal than the real busty does. You really have to nail the high high though. That's important.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. that's true actually. Yeah, the high high, that is that is that is very trademark busty. Like, um, not everybody can deliver that. I feel like. So um, it is. Uh... It is, wow, September's already here. We still don't know launch lineups or prices for consoles, but, you know, it's still got time, right? We're probably still two and a half months away from launch, so I'm sure we may find out one day, one way or another. But um, as you, dear listener, may probably know, uh, Basti and myself, we both happen to live in beautiful, sunny, occasionally Germany. And that means, of course, uh, working in the games industry, that Gamescom is always a topic that is very near and dear to our hearts. And uh, occasionally also uh, very, very near and dear to our noses. But this year not so much because you know you cannot smell sweaty people on a live stream, can you, Basti? Uh,
0: no, it was more near. And, uh, it was uh, less near and dear and more weird uh, than than usual. With the digital Gamescom, uh, which was uh, the first time, right, um, to to happen, and uh, it was quite something. From uh, yeah. if you were in any shape or form involved in that in the last couple of weeks to, to get that stuff organized and then the, the final execution?
1: I mean, Gamescom began in uh, Gamescom began in 2009. So um, that would have been 11 years. Um, I was there for, let me think, uh, I think seven or eight of them at least. You also for quite a few, right? Mm-hmm. I think if i, mean, I... Like always professionally right. Like I've I've never been there as a as a private like you know like a, as a gamer just visiting. And you haven't been here, I think.
0: I think it was also seven or eight for me, and I have never visited a Gamescom uh, or back then in Leipzig or wherever uh, in person.
1: Actually, I used to visit. So like for for some of you in the audience who may not know, um, we used to have a games convention. So completely different name, games convention, uh, in in Eastern Germany in Leipzig that ran from 2003 i believe because i remember playing Mech assault there um to uh, 2028 20, uh, and then from 29 onwards it was replaced due to you know at, at the behest of some major publishers like ea who happened to be based in cologne in germany um to to move to western germany to cologne and it's been there ever since under the completely different and new name gamescom so Gamescom Old one, Gamescom. New one, one letter, completely different show. Same smell.
0: I think most people just completely forgot about uh, the Gamescom in Leipzig. It Got I eradicated. I,
1: think, uh, I, I do have a soft spot for Gamescom because um, it, it was so different. Like you know, like the, I think the longest I waited there was for a like you know like maybe ten minutes to play a demo. And like for for anybody who hasn't been there, like for Gamescom, like the real deal right now. Uh, People frequently wait for four or five hours to play a game, like for 10 minutes or so, for for the big AAA titles. So that is, yeah, a little bit of a difference right there. But as as Busty mentioned already, this year for the first time, uh, Gamescom Cologne has been purely digital, of course, due to the COVID-19 pandemic that we're all still valiantly trying to fight, wearing masks and sitting at home playing video games, which essentially I think makes me a superhero, Busty.
0: Rather shitty one, but uh, might be the case, yeah.
1: I'm like, there, there's a lot of superheroes out there. They cannot all be 8 eight-graders, you know. Like, there's got to be the who's there's got to be the beasts of the world, the Aquaman's. The,
0: the problem is that most superheroes are wearing masks. And uh, don't get me wrong, like I'm absolutely in favor of wearing masks outside, or uh, if you if you go anywhere. But most superheroes uh, wearing masks are, c- are quite edgy.
1: Or they're wearing masks that actually don't cover it, cover the nose and mouth, right? Yeah. Spawn. Spawn is his socially responsible hero, like he this has is true. a terrible burned hamburger face, but he covers it up, um, and socially distances by, from people by brooding on on your church roof. So Spawn is actually the hero we need right now. Yeah. Thank you, Todd Father. That's actually a column on Todd McFarlane's website, like the Todd Father speaks. Is it true? Oh, yeah. Okay. Have you, have you noticed that all the creatives called Todd are geniuses? <sighs> I don't know any other Todd besides Todd Howard and Todd McFarlane, but I'm sure there are more Todds.
0: I think that's also the only, the only Todds I know. Like, I mean, in my, my opinion, Todd uh, McFarlane is some, some sort of a genius, uh, but he's also quite full of himself as Todd, Mc, uh, uh, Todd Howard, probably so.
1: Did you know that Todd McFarlane, like, he wanted to play baseball, but then, like, had an yeah. arm injury, so instead he just. Yeah. Thank God for that arm injury would have been a terrible waste on baseball. <laughs> so um, to to celebrate Gamescom remotely, digitally, securely, and socially distancedly. That's a great word I made up right there. Um, they, like last year, they started with uh, opening night live. So last year we had for the first time opening night live, which is uh, being hosted. It's a live show being hosted. Well, last year it was a live show. I think this year it was also live. But it was, you know, not without without an audience. Um, It's being hosted by Jeff Keeley of uh, the Game Awards and the Doritos Fame with his team. Um, So yeah, setup is kind of similar to the Game Awards, only for opening that live. Like the focus is really fully on trailers and announcements, without pretending. Or like actually, this year they pretended to hand out some awards in between, which last year they did not. But we're gonna get to Gamescom Awards as a separate. Oh
0: yeah.
1: So um. Uh, shall we just go through through the list of of the videos and the news that were there?
0: Yeah, I think we should just start with that one. I mean, uh, let's see how much we can talk, how much we we have to talk about that because, uh, well, uh, well, Gamescom, digital, or something.
1: I mean, I, I felt like – so in, the, in the defense, like because of earlier this year, for example, we talked, about, um, we talked about at the inside Xbox where Microsoft maybe failed to set expectations. And here I have to say, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Jeff Keighley. And even though normally he is a professional hype man, I feel like he tried to set expectations properly. Like he said to people, like we have some big news on announced stuff but we don't have any major yeah. game reviews No, this is true. So I think that it is defense. And I, and I agree with that, because as we're going to see in a second, like um, there were a ton of like big uh, AAA games, like there were some of the biggest names and brands were there as part of the thing. And it's also interesting to see, um, you know, like the, the parallels to normal Gamescom because um, again, for people who have never been there. So Gamescom is, what is it like these days? It's like Seven Halls? Exhibition halls. I mean, there's the business center, but that's not relevant for a normal audience. Uh, Is it six or seven big halls? Or seven? No, five or six. I think I don't know. So like there's there's several like major like you know huge exhibition halls, and um, there's always like a few companies like you know like essentially like the the you know the anchor points like um, Blizzard. Uh, always had uh, half a stage, uh, sorry, half a hall for itself with a huge S stage where they do l- concerts and you know um, uh, cosplay and stuff like that. EA always has a huge presence with like hundreds of demo stations where people can play stuff like FIFA or Battlefield or you know whatever. Where people can and,
0: play know. three games. <laughs>
1: but still, like, but you, even then, you know, there's always huge queues, yeah. right? This is like, true. Uh, like, there's people. Uh, uh, tons of people queuing up to play uh, FIFA or, or Need for Speed or whatever, and it was interesting to see that like a lot of these companies, um, like you know that, that normally are a big part of Physical Gamescom, they also brought the goods to Opening Night Live this time. Even though you know it's it's not necessarily companies that, um, for example. I don't remember, you know, like like uh, Blizzard necessarily announcing a ton of stuff before at like the Game Awards with Keeley. So like really companies used um, the the timing of like, okay, this is probably what we, have sh- what we would have shown for, for Gamescom, uh, you know, at the show to press whatever instead of using it for opening at live. And I feel, you know, um, I mean, you can, of course, have different opinions about the game and very different opinions uh, about the politics, as we noticed, but uh there's few names in gaming that are bigger than call of duty and so kicking off the show off right with a in-game cutscene slash trailer um for call of duty black ops cold war which still i think is a terrible name because it feels wrong to me it should be cold war black ops then it would make sense grammatically but like black ops cold war just sounds wrong and i'm not even a native speaker you know I'm interesting german
0: yeah i haven't, haven't thought about that one yeah um, it was a strong opening. To be honest, like uh, I think the the showing of Black Ops, as you said, um, uh, controversies aside, um, it started with uh, with a big triple bang, right?
1: Totally, and um, it it all it, it immediately, you know, like I set my Twitter timeline alight uh, again, like you know, uh, half the people being disgusted by um, by having Ronald Reagan in there, the other half being impressed by how lifelike ronald reagan looked in that cutscene um i have to say in general like uh, that last year with with modern warfare like they really really stepped up the graphics like the new engine that infinity Ward made like it, holy shit yes like, for, for a while like it, you know call of duty was like a, a a running joke or like you know like a running gag among gamers or like you know it always looks the same and like to me, like uh, Modern Warfare, and like what also what we've seen so far of Black Ops, like it's it's really like top tier graphics again, like uh, especially like with with RTX on the shadows uh, on PC, um, Modern Warfare looks stunning.
0: For for many, many, many years, people were usually saying like, uh, especially Battlefield fans were looking down on Call of Duty because of the graphics. But Should to be it? honest, I like holy shit. Um, since the last game and now Black Ops, a uh, Cold War, Cold War Black Ops. Holy God's shit this or. is on par with the Battlefield visuals.
1: I'm I'm actually very very curious next year to see next gen Battlefield because yeah. that is always, you know, something like... DICE also always brings the visual A game so that's going to be very interesting to see. But yeah, um you know, here I mean nothing happened that was also interesting like the the only thing that is happening in in this in this trailer is <laughs> There's a bunch of CIA agents sitting around a table, and then later on joined by Rich, uh, Richard Nixon. What was said, Sorry, uh, by Ronald Reagan, talking about uh, Perseus. Um, so this is—I did some research. This is a a real. Some people say it's like a real historic Cold War thing, and others say it's a conspiracy, like um, that there are some some files like that they found like in KGB, KGB archives about like a, a source or like a spy in America called Perseus, like as as his code name. Um, who, for example, like allegedly stole some secrets from the Manhattan Project, which is also referenced in the trailer. Um, some uh, uh, um, intelligence analysts say like that person existed, but it has never been uncovered who they were. Like uh, others say, like it was just a, a hoax or something that the, the the Soviets used that name, you know, to confuse the Allies if they come up, uh, the Allies, the Americans. Um, but yeah, it it definitely seems to be like really, really going for this um, Cold War conspiracy, you know. Um, Uh, Black Ops, yeah, sorry, kind of vibe. So uh, that's actually kind of interesting to me because I have to say, like, um, for Black Ops One, I really like the Cold War missions or, like, this, the spy ops missions, um, I, I didn't like Vietnam at all. I, I never really liked Vietnam games for whatever reason. Like, for me, it, it always felt like, as, a, as a, you know, purely on the gameplay side, not talking about politics or anything, purely on the gameplay side, like, like Vietnam always feels like at this weird intersection of, like, you do not have, like, the real, like the, the modern weaponry that you use from Battlefield 2 or something, but you also don't have, like, the, the really iconic World War Two stuff that, that, you know, you've seen so many times in films and stuff. It's like yeah. this weird in between of, like, you know, for example, like, like the jets or so, it's like, Yes, they're jets, but they're ultra really shitty jets. So it's, yeah, it was never my thing. But like this, yeah, let's let's keep an eye on this. But yeah, as, as we mentioned, um, a little bit uh, controversial politically. And of course, uh, you know, this year uh, it's coming out um, the week after the U.S. election. So um,
0: yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. I mean, especially as yes, uh, the, the deaf uh, said uh, during the interview with uh, Mr. Keeley. Yeah, it's like um, it's 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 actually, um, very important. Uh, takes a lot of like uh, historical uh, takes this historical setting as a backdrop, but it's also very very um um actual. What was it in English? What's wrong with me? It's
1: like ripped from the headlines.
0: Yeah, it's like ripped from the headlines and stuff. And this is yeah, but this is also very very dangerous territory. Two thousand twenty because um, to be honest, there are not many games doing. Politics in a, in, a, in a, like a proper or good way, especially when when it's hand fisted. And there's a danger that, especially with the Call of Duty series, that this is, 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 will be perceived as um, more centered to the right or whatever. It's a discussion I do not even want to start on. But having a game like this in 2020, I mean, they obviously worked on that game longer than this year. It well, it's always a little bit tricky um, with big AAA games, though. Um, which costs a ton of money and uh, takes several years in development. I, I also understand that um, you cannot just like push them, especially with the new console generation, etc., to next year, whatever. But I think a lot of games with that kind of like backdrop, um, making some sort of any any sort of political statement, um, will probably have a, a rough time. Not not necessarily financially, but when it comes to controversies and discussions.
1: Interestingly enough, I mean, since you just mentioned, yes, they've been working on this for a while, and obviously nobody could foresee just how bad this year was going to be. Uh, it reminded me, seeing both the, the writers of uh, VP, so like the TV series, but also uh, one of the Hauser brothers, say both both of them essentially that they're happy that, you know, for the VP guys, they were happy that the show is done, and for Hauser was like, well, you know, what they said, like they were happy that they're not releasing a GTA during Trump's term. Um, because they all felt like they you know like any any storyline they could come up with or any satire even like, you know, the, the real world just topped it already. Yeah. Like, like the, the VP guys were like, you know, if, if we had put some of this stuff in our in our in our show people have said that's too outlandish, you know, that's that's just a little bit over the top. Jumping the shark, as the Americans say. Moving on from uh from eerily life like Ronald Reagan. Uh, Next was a teaser trailer for a game called Unknown 9 Awakening. Um, The trailer didn't really give much away, I feel like, except for that it's coming to next gen. So PS5, Xbox Series X and PC sometime next year. I don't know. What 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 do we make of this? Like what? what uh, do look
0: like? Looked nice though as a as a teaser trailer. But even with the yeah, it, even with thinking...
1: like I think like if maybe like some kind of like Indian uh, like aesthetic or look like in the city or so like with with those kids. Yeah. So like it, it definitely looked like like you know like something that you do not see that often. Uh, you know in 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 AAA gaming or so. Um. So that that was definitely interesting. But but, but yeah,
0: even like... a teaser trailer should give you a little bit of an idea of what this game is about, right? I don't know
1: so I did some I did some research about unknown nine what that is Um, it seems to be like a an ongoing like universe that has like uh, novels it had comic series comic book series and a scripted podcast but there's also like I think it felt like there's some kind of like viral element where like the audience can like participate in like how the world is shaped okay kind of interesting Um, so if you are into that um, again I I must admit I hadn't heard about this game before about this universe or this whole concept before like um after the trailer I I read up like and and, and came across that so yeah if you're into that just just a, a google unknown 9 and you will come across that website and can learn more about you know that that universe and what's going on there Interesting
0: um, now I have even less of an idea about this game than before because that that stuff. See, that's
1: what I do. I'm the confuser of of the
0: people. Yeah. Sounded interesting for sure, but also completely weird and confusing. But we will see. Then
1: came um, another like really big triple A game, so like you know like just following up um, stuff early, um, with the first look at uh, Doom Eternal: The Ancient Gods Part One. So that is the first of two DLCs. That is. Um, that is coming for for Doom Eternal, which came out this March. Um, the interesting thing there was that I later saw that Marty Stratton said that um, it seems to be a standalone DLC.
0: So, oh, I uh, missed that one. So, uh, there was said an interview? or?
1: Uh, I believe so.
0: Inter- that, that is interesting.
1: So, the question there is, I don't know, because you know, it's, it's still a two-part thing. Because otherwise, I would have said, okay, Bethesda has in, in the past done stuff like Death of the Outsider or, um, you True. know, the, what is it called, um, Moon Crash for, for Prey, but, like, it's still, like, so, I don't know, like, do you just buy, buy the Ancient Gods as a standalone game, and then it comes in two episodes, or something, I don't know about that, but, um, I mean, otherwise, it, there's not much to say, it was, you know, it's Doom Eternal, um, Doom Eternal is very loud, it's very in-your-face, it it's super fluid and smooth, it has great graphics, uh, just rip and tear.
0: Yeah, but, but nothing, nothing really new, right? I mean, uh, but I mean, there's always a problem with a DLC announcement if you're not uh, not a situation where um, people were totally not expecting anything new coming from that IP or where there were like very specific rumors around that. Um, I mean, for me, the standalone... If, if that is standalone, that is interesting for me. I don't know what it is, but I rarely play DLC of games nowadays. Like uh, Even if I finish the game, I rarely touch DLCs. But when there's a standalone release of DLC for the same game, I'm more likely inclined to play that than uh, just... I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a weird psychology thing because it feels more you like a new a small game like a DLC, if you know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, as as I laid out in an episode a long time ago, I can't even remember what episode that was, Um, I, I really like, with, with Doom Eternal, I like alternate between really, really enjoying the game and hating the game. Hating whenever, what's it called? I think the Marauder showed up. Because to me that was one of the most unfun, unfair enemies I came across in the game in a long time. Like it, it simply for me personally, you know, maybe I just need to get good. And like if people f- want to say that, then by all means, I don't care. But there was every time that enemy showed up to me. Like the the game drastically lost lost its appeal at that moment until until I killed him, and then I slowly had to regain my fun, essentially my enjoyment. So that was kind of weird.
0: I mean, the problem with the Marola was that Doom, especially when you played the, the first one, uh, the first one of the remakes or new ones. Um, uh, Doom 20... Something. 2016, 2015. Time is a weird, weird, in 2020. Doom
1: time is a weird Kla- concept. Verata. That's it. So. See, I did a movie reference, Basti. Witness me.
0: Uh, have you even seen that movie?
1: Yes, but also, do you know that like the three of the aliens on on Jabba's skiff, when they want to throw Luke Skywalker into the Sarlacc pit, they're called Klaatu, Barada, and Nikto?
0: Is it? Seriously? Yes, there's action figures for each of them. They're quite fucking ugly. Okay, interesting. So, uh, going back to Doom, Doom told you a very specific way of playing the game, like the super aggressive etc. way, and the problem most people had with the Marauder was that all of a sudden the Marauder um required a completely different approach as you got told in the many many hours before um and that confused a lot of people and to be honest i think you were like uh, at least 50 percent probably of all uh doom eternal players are with you and that one and the other ones are entitled gamers who will tell you that you're shit
1: that is fine they can do that um but yeah i mean uh... Like I really really loved the the art direction of, of Doom Eternal. I like seeing here that they're leading a little bit more like to like some of the angelic themes in the yeah. DLC That looks pretty cool. Yeah. So you know, I'm gonna give that a try, I guess. Then moving on of course to a thing that was A a surprise for me and B of course something that I'm super stoked about, personally, was a look behind the scenes of the next Dragon Age game. Again, like I, I had no idea about this. I don't think there's been any whispers or teasing or leaks about this at all. Nope. So, um, just seeing Casey Hudson on screen, um, was okay. What's what is going to be done? And um, yeah, then they they showed like some of the the key people behind the franchise. I think part of that was uh, at least you know for. Obviously, stuff like that only really works in the hardcore fans um like myself, but like seeing a lot of like old or like people that have been there with with Bio with Dragon Age for a long time, of course always has the benefit you know, of like maybe reassuring fans like hey, whatever you may have heard in the press or so there's still you know a lot of people here uh like Mark Dara, like Patrick Weeks, who've been oh. working in Dragon Age for a very long time, who've helped shape that universe in those games um they showed some very cool concept art and they showed some quite pretty looking in-game stuff. And uh, that brings me back to what I said, we also said about a sorry about battlefield. I'm really excited to see what frostbite Mm -hmm. engine is going to be able to, to do on ideally, of course, in full next gen games, because we also heard like several times that one of the things that held dragon age inquisition back a little bit was that it had to be a cross gen game for financial reasons or business reasons. Um, But with dragon age four supposedly being at least two years or so away, um, Hopefully, you know that's gonna be just a full-fledged next-gen only game that's hopefully gonna blow us away. And um, yeah, uh, the the only the only other thing I, I I had to notice, but it also was good to see that some somebody from Bioware I can't remember who it was maybe it was Mark Dara acknowledge um, was that Dragon Age has one of the horniest fandoms. <laughs> uh, there <laughs> is. Holy shit! There's a lot of people on my Twitter timeline who really, really want to make out with Solas. Considering you know mm-hmm. he's an um, he's an
0: evil uh, elf god. To be honest, I, I like that segment, even though a lot of people complained about that because they they haven't shown anything new. But let's do not forget that that Gamescom is not E3. Like uh, one one of the the Gamescom headlines is let's celebrate games, right? So, and I think having that emotional piece. Um, for the anniversary and, and showing that, and the people behind the scenes, I like that. Especially from a time back at EA and at Bioware, you usually in big companies you used to have, um, uh, let's say, the update um, events where a lot of like the different projects uh, show show what they're working on, etc. For the employees, and that felt really like an almost um, like the the format you see in an internal event, like we show show you something very very early. People behind the scenes, the faces behind the project, etc. And I like that. I think there's nothing wrong about that. Um, even though obviously people are very, very hungry for news about that game, but I think having this like emotional piece once a while in a in a, a long presentation, or a long show like the the opening night is absolutely all right and, and okay. I mean I'm biased because I'm a big Bioware uh, fan, but um, well.
1: Uh, right there with you. I really uh, enjoy seeing stuff like that. Honestly, um. Uh, something like that uh, can you know for the right thing and of course uh, i think like you know being hyped or like stuff like that working on you as you said like it always there needs to be like you know some emotional investment like if it's if it's a game you don't care about then probably you don't care about too much about seeing like behind the scenes stuff or so but for something i'm really intri- interested in or excited for like you know seeing some behind behind the scenes stuff can be just as exciting as seeing you know like a cg teaser or something Okay, uh, moving on to um, uh, a game, that, uh, a trailer that showed a lot of really excited people playing. Uh, it was Search and Simulator 2. Have you ever Searched or Simulated, Busty?
0: Oh, this is one of these games in the category of um, people on YouTube and Twitch um, being very loud and excited and hysterical about stuff and um, having funny thumbnails of their distorted faces on, on YouTube when they do a video about that game, but it never catch my interest. I have, uh, I mean, I sometimes enjoy party games since stuff, funny games like uh, Overcooked or stuff like that. But Version Simulator is this kind of like, for me, it felt always like this typical YouTube streamer bait game. I don't know. That is that is true,
1: but um, it's in fun. You know, like I've I've also I've never played it, but like uh, it has co-op now seemingly, and like seeing those people. Um, I don't want to say like do a surgery because I feel like usually in surgery you only cut off the things that should be cut off, and you mm-hmm. do not put the wrong limp on there. Normally is my understand. I'm not a medical professional if you dear if anybody in the audience is a medical professional and this is actually incorrect and you frequently take off an arm and put a head on there during real surgery please feel free to contact us via twitter or email and i will make amends next episode I oh, like uh, yeah you know as oh. you mentioned like it's it's really it's really popular like with a certain segment of people you know on, on youtubers so like who are having a ton of fun with those games
0: I like that they used Christopher Lloyd for their marketing, but then I realized a couple of days later when I was reading something about Gamescom, they used that picture of Christopher Lloyd. And I was like, yeah, Christopher Lloyd was there. And then I realized I completely forgot what he was talking like why he was there and what game uh, he was tied to, etc. So I was like, maybe not the most effective marketing, I don't know. Weird.
1: That that can be the thing, right, with with celebrities they probably got him from Fiverr. They, you know they, they can outshine uh, the, the thing that they're, that they're there to, to promote it. so Max um, up a super unexpected thing uh, in every conceivable possible way uh, bridge constructor uh, the walking Dead. Now admittedly now this sounds super weird. I have to say um, the lady and myself we played together um, bridge constructor portal earlier this year and that was a brilliant game.
0: I but, haven't played uh, Bridge Constructor Portal so and to be honest because maybe of that reason I have absolutely no opinion on Bridge Constructor Walking Dead.
1: I mean I have no interest in Bridge Constructor Walking Dead because I don't like zombies or Walking Dead. I just dislike mm-hmm. that stuff but um again audience if you haven't played that and if you like a uh, really clever puzzle games. I feel like it also really nailed some of the humor of Portal. It's not as good as Portal, of course, but like it, it it's really, I think if you really enjoyed Portal, then there's a good chance you may also enjoy a Bridge Constructor Portal um, because it was like really, really clever the way it combined, you know, like you have to, essentially you have to build bridges that don't co- collapse under the weight of stuff. So like, you know, physics, physics puzzles, but also combine that with the, uh, with the portals, of course, you know the portal mechanics. So um, it's that, that's a really, really clever game. But there is not much I can say about Bridge Constructor Walking that because you know it's a, yeah, zombies. Is not for me. Is not Marcel game. Um, then going to the list, but why don't you take this one because you probably have more of a history with those games than I do. Uh,
0: in fact, I'm a big, big fan of uh, Simon Max, especially the first one though. Hit the road. The later Telltale games were not really my cup of tea. um yeah it's a it's a beloved old franchise um not many not many people remember well not that many people remember anymore uh which was even uh with the latest installments from telltale back then a kind of niche and i fear that the new 7 max this time it's a virtual vr game will put it even more into a niche because it's a vr but it looks uh nice it looks 7 max um it has surely the 7 max vibe if I would own a VR headset, I would probably play it. Because I see, especially with that art style and that concept, etc., I think that this actually can can work really, really well in VR. And I was not expecting Summit Max to, to come back. The the problem is I see I don't know how many people expected or hoped for Summit Max to come actually back. I don't know. It's hard to tell.
1: Yeah, that is a good point. Like I mean we we said um already that um that seeing Dragon Age behind the scenes there was a huge a huge surprise. Um again, Bridge Constructor plus The Walking Dead, you know, Bridge Constructor is not a huge gaming franchise, but it was it was a genuine surprise seeing that there and seeing that combination. And also, yeah, seeing as Seven Max is something I completely didn't expect, I certainly did not expect a Seven Max VR game. So I think, you know, again, like here at least, um they cannot be faulted, you know, for, for a for a lack of surprises at, at yeah. opening that life. So you know there there was always um, some some new stuff. Then uh, coming to a game and uh, the universe that are much near and dear to my heart than zombies or seven maxes is World of Warcraft. So as Blizzard has been doing for a while now, like they always experiment like with different uh, storytelling formats to promote new expansions. So like they do animated shorts or whatever, uh, or you know um, audio dramas. And for uh, for Shadowlands, the next expansion for World of Warcraft, they are doing a series of animated shorts that are uh, portraying like the four different like main regions and also like the factions you can align yourself with in the Shadowlands. So the Shadowlands are the um, the afterlife of of you know the Warcraft universe. So essentially in that expansion, you're dying, you are going to the afterlife, and you pick to align yourself with one of four factions, uh, including edgy vampires, which you know maybe something.
0: Everyone loves Edgy Vampires. Uh, I, mean,
1: so I was, surely you know, do. And, and, and I played Blood Angels in Warhammer 40K. So who who am I to judge? So yeah, they um the uh, Blizzard um, debuted like the first episode, Shadowlands Afterlives. The series is called, and this one is about Bastion. Um, and the story, like if if you played Warcraft 3, then you may definitely, of course, recognize the character. It was anchored by um, Uther Lightbringer. Who was, of course, a noble paladin and also the uh, the mentor and tutor of a uh, young Arthas, who eventually became the Lich King. So you know, maybe not, maybe made some mistakes as a mentor and tutor somewhere along the way. I don't know, but um, I, f- I found it gorgeous. Um, I I really really like it. I, I, to be fair, I like most of the stuff Blizzard does. Uh, you know, with their with their shorts or like films and so. Um but I also saw feedback from a lot of people online of course who felt it was too long because that tra- that, that that short earth was uh, almost 7 minutes. Any thoughts on that Busty, as a as a edge lord and mm. vampire person? There were no vampires in this one, I'm sorry. Maybe like you know, that I'm sure they're going to get their own episode later on.
0: Especially with the, with an MMO going on for such a long time. Uh it's really hard for me to have an opinion because um uh, I played uh, World of Warcraft when it came out. I played uh I tried to play it again with cataclysm uh had had fun dropped it again played many many other mmos um but uh, i really like that to be honest the afterlives thing um the 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 comic book trailer thing um i'm not really into world of warcraft but I enjoyed that because I think the art style was absolutely great, the the the, the voice acting, etc. I really liked that. I liked that more than the actual Shadowlands uh, trailer because for me was like, okay, it's World of Warcraft, I guess.
1: Exactly. It was followed up by a actual trailer for World of Warcraft: Shadowlands, including the release date. Um, this, of course, is is a good tradition. Like um, Blizzard frequently. At um, Gamescom, either they uh, reveal a new trailer, uh, sorry, reveal a new expansion, or they share the release date, you know, depending on where they are in the cycle. Um, and I remember, like, one of the most hype moments for me—that you know didn't involve my own stuff—just watching it um, was at Gamescom 2016 when they showed to like a completely packed hall. Like, there had to be several thousand people in there watching that trailer. Uh, when they uh, showed, um, they uh, announced the Legion expansion with with uh, Illidan, like, and people went mental. Like, that was, that that was like to me, like, it wasn't like you know a genuine like uh, goosebumps moment. Even if uh, even though I wasn't playing the game at the time, I was just mm-hmm. seeing like so many people like together, you know, like seeing that trailer getting so excited I was okay. Wow, this is um, this is tense, and yeah. Um, but I have to say, you know, like, like it or not. I'm I'm constantly impressed again now with Shadowlands that like considering you know this this game and this engine are like you know 15 years old. I mean, holy shit! Like, yes, like the art direction, like really, really elevates the stuff every time. You know, considering like on the technical level, it's it's so primitive.
0: No, I absolutely agree. And uh, the the overhaul um, they've they've done a couple of years ago, uh, holy shit! It's 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 magic. I mean, I, I played a lot of uh, MMOs in my time, many many MMOs, but. Um, I think there's not a single MMO which aged so well and got continuously, over, obviously overworked, um, overhauled uh, than World of Warcraft. I was supposed to say reworked. I'm Overly overworked. <laughs> then World of Warcraft, uh, that that art style, like when they when they had the big overhaul of the art style with the new models, etc. There was for me a moment where I was like, mm, do I to, maybe maybe I want to 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 look into that game again. It works well. For this one,
1: what I'm interested in, like they uh, they greatly reworked uh, the character creator, like there's a ton more diversity now. Um, so that's I think going to be really appreciated by people. Moving on to war, uh, war things and fantasy things and things Marcella can enjoy. There was the world premiere announcement trailer. Is it also the same for you that when you hear the words world premiere, you hear like the Xbox voice? World premiere. Exactly, very nice. This one was for Warhammer, Age of Sigmar Stormground. Um, So for those of you who are not familiar, Age of Sigmar is the new, as of, I think, five years ago, is the new, uh, reworked, uh, modernized Warhammer fantasy as the counterpart to the, the, the Grimdark 40K. Uh, this one seems to be, from what I've gathered. So it's, it's first of all, it's very important because I love saying it. It's from uh, Fuku Home Entertainment.
0: Ugh. <laughs> it sounds so wrong. <laughs> and Fuku.
1: And uh, well, to you Americans or uh, whoever is listening, is probably Focus, but it's actually it's Fuku. So um, a Warmer, H.S. Sigmore Stormground. It's a uh, not sure really if it's strategy or tactics game. I looked at the Steam page. Um, all I know, it's it's coming out in early 2021. Uh, it seems to have two factions, the Stormcast Eternals, which are essentially uh, the fantasy version of uh, Warhammer Space Marines, like Spice Marines. Golden Armor, Spice Marine, and the um, Nighthaunts, I believe they're called, so like Undead. Hopefully it's going to be good. Um also what I wasn't quite sure of yet was like to what degree there is a campaign. So I've seen like a, a talk about like you know there's one on one skirmishes but I don't know how much story there is going to be. So I'm going to keep an eye on that, but I'm not sold yet.
0: Uh, I mean, I've only seen the premiere tra- world well, premiere trailer and uh it could also have been just a marketing uh um, cgi trailer for the actual board game so it gave nothing away i mean it's Fuku sometimes like uh back then um a couple of years ago i had always a feeling that most foku game were like kind of mediocre but i think in the last couple of years they had uh the pulled a few uh quite interesting uh white rabbits out of their hat. And released a uh, published a few really really good games, and they're really jumping on the on the um, games workshop IPs as of late. So I hope it's gonna be good, but it's not much to talk about right now. I I love that there's finally a, a Age of Sigma game in the making because I, I like that. It, it,
1: that felt like it was long overdue. Yeah.
0: I mean, Age of Sigmas is, is, is kind of weird. It looks a little bit like the French version of Warhammer Fantasy. And if you would replace all the melee weapons in that game, in that board game with laser guns, you wouldn't just, you, you, you could just pass, pass as a weird fantasy sci-fi game. But I like that art style a lot. Yeah. Even though I miss a little bit the old Warhammer Fantasy though.
1: Mm-hmm. So then
0: we had another, I guess, you know,
1: yeah, still kind of like a bad, a bad name, sorry, a big name among gamers. There was Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, and they debuted the flashback levels, which uh, from my understanding, I have to admit, I've never played any flash, uh, any Crash game at all. Um, It's just like, uh, so sort of side-scrolling, platforming, no. probably tough as balls, because I am under the impression that Crash has a reputation for not being easy. Have, I, have you been a big
0: Bandicooter in the game? Act, actually not. Like my a PlayStation... Um, actually not, like to be honest a lot of the games um, like Crash Bandicoot as an example, or Spyro etc back then, the, the, especially like around the Playstation 1 era was not, not really my jam and even on, on N64 I was not playing many like platforming, jumping games etc, there was a time when I got more interested in RPGs and action games so I'm, I'm I missed that, kinda I played a lot of platformers and stuff in the 16-bit era but with the uh 3d um becoming more popular was more the into edgy games and rpgs it
1: makes sense so yeah probably you know for people who are excited for that i'm sure like that 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 retro audience you know who has fond nostalgic memories of of old, old school crash they're probably excited for flashback levels as well then came next a game that, like, still is confusing to me because I believe, like, everything, like, I, I believe this game should appeal to me, but it really doesn't so far. And
0: Holy shit! I have the same feeling. It is so weird. Every time I see Outriders, I'm like, the, the 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 visual quality looks looks really really good. The art design looks good. It feels a little bit like um, Gears of War meets Destiny. So, in theory, really cool. And then, do I actually want to play it, or am I actually I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm bouncing off that game every single time I see trailer or gameplay footage, and I don't know why. Please explain. For, Tell me.
1: For for me, the thing is like really the art direction. Like, um, I'm I'm sure the shooting is fun because people can fly, and make good shooters. Uh, I, I, what I've seen, like, I've also heard people talk about like the the gun customization. All of that like seems to be like really, really in depth and cool. Uh, for me, really, like the the big Thing is that um, one of the most one of the things I really love the most about Destiny is the art direction because I still think like some of the some of the stuff in in Destiny with lighting and the skybox and really, yeah, like, it just looks stunning. Like yeah, the Bungie really makes stunning worlds, and um, here it's like uh, technically as you said like it it all looks good like it's on a, a very good level but it just doesn't really grab me the world so far like that that is I think my biggest problem. And also the other thing is that. You know, I'm already playing so many multiplayer games. So I have to think like, do I really want to play one more? And also, I have to finish this podcast quickly so I can play Avengers.
0: Ooh, Ooh. Mm.
1: So next, uh, next uh, Fuku Home Entertainments uh, coming back to Games Workshop uh, Necromunda Underhive Wars. Now, Bastia I believe you used to be a Necromundist.
0: Uh I was a Necromondus back in the day and now we got another trailer from Fuku about that game. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's, it seems to be especially with the latest trailer uh, Shafts in Space. Um but yeah, th- the same here. Like I've seen I mean that game goes a long way now I, because I th- I, I've I I've seen a lot of like footage at their booth at E3 2 years ago. And it, it looks good, but I think the choice, like for, for Necromunda fans, uh, the, the choice of gangs is a little bit boring. And what I don't see, especially with only three gangs, I, I would, I would love to see how that game develops on the long run. Like, do you fight the, the same gangs over and over again? How does it work? Um, so the the general tactic of it, like they have shown a lot of gameplay and stuff you have shown is just like okay this is how a little bit combat feels whatever but I think they lack so far really um, information about is there like a proper campaign how does it look like um, every trailer has been like three gangs shooting each other right with, with, like the same things I've been wondering about a little
1: bit with the with um, the the Age of Sigmar game up there like is there really a campaign is it just like skirmishes or one on one multiplayer kind of right.
0: No, so I'm I'm really torn with Necromunda. I mean, I'm I'm enjoying uh, Adaptus Mechanicus lately, so I think you can even with only two factions tell a great story. Like this game is absolutely brilliant. Holy shit, is that game good? But with Necromunda, it feels a little bit like I'm not interested in this kind of like uh, top-down view. I'm not really interested in um, multiplayer these kind of games i'm usually interested in an interesting story the hive cities of the warmer 40k universe are an incredibly interesting backdrop for for storytelling but so far it, it feels a little bit i don't know like i would there have been like three or four trailers so far which is mostly people shooting at each other nothing more and now you get a little bit uh, chef voice over i i don't know they have to con- still they have yet to convince me and I'm a big fan of the Necromunda universe, so. Okay, one more for Decay, the Necromunda setting. Yeah, yeah,
1: sure. Then next trailer was for Little Nightmares 2, uh follow-up, because like uh, originally the game has actually been announced by at opening night live, the, the first one one year ago, so now they showed a new trailer for it. Um honestly not much I can say here. I feel like it's a game that I've heard a lot of good things about, like from people really enjoying like the first one, but also I think it's very much a game that is not intended to appeal to people like me. Or my, you know. Yeah, probably.
0: I I played the first one and uh, absolutely lovely. I cannot even calling little little nightmares lovely. It's hauntingly lovely, hauntingly lovely.
1: Isn't that what you say about lunch with me?
0: Yeah, also. Um, I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily say that you get PTSD from little playing little nightmares uh, compared to having lunch with you. But fair point. Uh, great game. The first one was absolutely stellar. Uh, the second one so far looks just more better a little bit better fleshed out and even more stunning visuals so i'm i'm looking forward to it a lot um but also there's not much to talk about because it is a it is an adventure puzzle game if you if you so will uh, where you can die so you have failure states etc but how much can you talk about that concept like it really gets sold by it has really good puzzles i must say but it really sells um, because of the the setting, the visuals, the whole atmosphere is absolutely brilliant. So, looking forward to that one.
1: Okay, then we had uh, Jerry the King Lawler, uh, which for anybody not familiar with him, it was a very popular, beloved cult uh, commentator for WWE wrestling. Um, and they they trot out Jerry the King Lawler, who looks a little bit old by now you know but uh, it feels like all the wrestling people at a certain point they just look like they've been in solarium too long and they've just grown old um uh, and he introduced wwe 2k battleground oh, like actually no he, he did introduce it but he like you know he introduced in the trailer for it and something about that game like really looks like i don't know, like like the, the character mods like the proportions took way off to me like, like every time I see the characters, I think to myself, you know, even for something stylized, because there's a lot of stylized, like a lot of cheapy stuff, for example. I like a lot of stylized stuff, but like something about the characters and this, like they just rub me the wrong way. It's like this. Something just doesn't look right to me here.
0: Yeah, Same. It looks, uh, to be honest, it looks kind of like cheap. And I think it's yeah. like, uh, like it, it looks uh, like the whole art style, just looks like, looks like a mobile game for me. On advert yeah, for so mobile game, maybe
1: know. maybe we're also not experts here to judge WWE games. So, moving on to something I can absolutely judge and uh, I enjoy, and that is Star Wars Squadrons. Um, yeah, they, they showed a single player preview, I like, talked a little bit about the story, uh, shout out Princess Leia and the Emperor. Um, talked a little bit, yeah, like, introduced some of the more of the story elements. And uh, still that game looks very, very good to me.
0: It looks great. Um, I mean, the, I think they said one campaign where you play both sides, right? Yeah, I think like at, at different points, like uh, there,
1: there you, mm. you at the start you create a, like an Imperial pilot and you create a Rebel pilot. And then I think uh, you, like you essentially are, are showing like the, the, the mm. same story like experience from both sides. You don't like that?
0: I mean, as a fan of the, the old X-Wing and TIE Fighter games, I would love to have like my, my own campaign, but to be honest with the budget and how much that costs etc nowadays it's probably a little bit much to ask I think it looks absolutely stellar um, I hope oh stellar I see what you did there uh-huh. I hope that it won't be like the only thing I hope that the actual dogfights will feel really really tense so I'm hope that I'm not like living in a shooting gallery where I shoot like 30 50 60 TIE fighters just boom 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 I hope that I can have um tense Dogfights in single player.
1: A rumor is that the the dogfighting fields are really really good.
0: I'm gonna get game, that.
1: That game is out in only a month and it only costs 40 bucks.
0: I'm gonna get that day one, and I need to decide what kind of flight stick I want to buy. Need a hot
1: flight stick in my presence. Hmm. Uh, then came the by far biggest surprise of the evening to me and also I think like something that a lot of people are underestimating like the sheer financial you know possibilities of this because uh, Star Wars Squadrons was not the only Star Wars thing that EA brought they also announced The Sims 4 Journey to Batuu Um, so yeah they are doing a a Star Wars content DLC for The Sims and uh, I mean you know Sims 4 is Hugely successful game. I think it's like one of those things that a lot of people, a lot of you know, like normal gamers underestimate, you know, because it's something Sims is not usually, you know, it, it's not something that that media talks about. Maybe outside once yeah. a year when EA Play when they when they show something new, right? But um, that game is huge, uh, hugely successful. What did what did EA announce this year uh, at at EA Play?
0: No, I don't know anymore.
1: Because I, I just I, I was myself, myself surprised like how big it was.
0: And it was kind of a slow burner too. Like when that game came out, I was working for a not on Simt though. But um, it, it it was the beginning it was a little bit had a hard time to to catching up to to Sims three because Sims three had such a huge amount of content at this point. But it really, really, really has grown over the years. And holy shit, said a big marketing move with uh, Star Wars i'm quite a surprise that we haven't got this earlier to be honest
1: absolutely it's yeah like it feels like you know now that you've seen it and you think about it it feels like such a natural thing for ea to combine um you know and and you know to to give star wars fans that hey you know, just go crazy with that stuff um i cannot find a concrete number right not only that the sims 4 has uh, uh, has generated more than a billion dollars for ea so kind of big and yeah. Um, honestly, zoom, zoom. like I mean, I, I I have I have Sims 4 from back in the day when I worked at the i I've rarely played it, but I, I kind of feel tempted to try this honestly just to see you know, how it works because I'm super curious. Yeah. yeah, Um, now it's time, Busty, for your favorite part of the show, the segues. Because uh, in that trailer for Star Wars: Journey to Batuu for Sims 4, they are showing Rey from the new movies who is played by daisy Ridley? and also Mm -hmm. daisy Ridley is a voice acting has a voice acting role in the next game 12 minutes and tell me that was not a masterful second
0: boom not
1: bad i have to admit i have no clue what 12 minutes is about i just remember that even like with the announced trailer i think like last year at e3 conference for microsoft so i looked at it i said i don't know what this is about but it looks cool
0: to be honest, many people are looking forward to this one. Like this, this is an indie ga- darling already, even though nobody has really a clue how it works. Uh, the only thing, I think, the 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 um, announcement of the voice actors—William so Defoe, James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley—was the big part of that. Because other than that, the the revealed cast, revealed trailer was gameplay footage. It felt like the same like the announcement trailer. But obviously, when it it gives you an idea that the um that the narrative component the storytelling component is probably uh weighs well, very 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 heavy with that game which is not surprising but when they hire uh, so so um beloved and big actors for that I wonder if there will be actual gameplay so like if if there will be an an narrative driven adventure game in a sense or with an interesting mechanic or if that will be mostly. Uh, a visual novel of some kind, where you actually don't do much, just relive um, that loop. I mean, with that concept, there must be gameplay tied to it, right? I mean, I would be surprised if not.
1: Yeah, there has to be. But yeah, it's it's definitely, again, a game I'll keep an eye on. And also, yeah, it's not just Daisy Ridley. Really, it's also Willem Dafoe and James McAvoy. So that's definitely some big names. Even though I've been wondering, what have I seen James McAvoy? He was in one of the X, like X Men First Class, or so.
0: He so. is uh, in the uh, in that X Men universe, the uh, Professor oh, Xavier. Xavier, exactly. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He is in um, Split. He is in actually a lot of movies.
1: Well, if you think he's in so many movies, why don't you marry him?
0: To be honest, but same goes for probably every Hollywood actor. If they would would uh, ask me. Not I mean, like you, there,
1: there's, there's gotta be some people who like. Your mm-hmm. usual
0: Hollywood um, marriage lasts like two or three years, and then or did you just you make get, bank. You mean exactly. Get That's filthy rich. One, no, like, but I
1: really I, like James McAvoy. Like, like your business sense. Okay, um, moving on to uh, a game that I have to admit, like it feels like I missed the first part because they announced Override Two Super Mac leak. Um, what GamesRadar wrote is Massive Mech Combat Becomes the Spectator Sport in this teaser for the sequel to the 4-player robot beat-em-up and I think to myself I never heard about the prequel I feel like I must have missed it so um, dear audience if you are into sequels to 4-player robot beat-em-ups maybe check out the teaser trailer for Override 2 Super Mech League. Moving on uh, Mafia Definitive Edition uh, looks
0: phenomenal looks absolutely like I, I
1: played the original game and like holy shit like especially though, though, like those outs outdoor scenes with the cars driving around it's like this game looks really really good
0: the amount of work they put into that is absolutely crazy
1: yeah it, it really it feels like like it's it's just a completely new game like if you compare the assets and everything that looks really really cool i am but- kind of tempted to play it cuz I, I hopefully like they they also um Improved some of the stuff because I remember, like the, the thing I hated the most about Mafia was that um, uh, the police and like, which is funny, like the police, it, it's a game about you being a mafia guy, you kill tons of people, but like the really the police was really breathing down your neck for speeding. Like if you drove too fast, you were like, oh boy. And I driving think... too fast back then was like thirty miles an hour, and if you go thirty one, you're fucked.
0: I think the AI and and, and scripts etc are pretty much the same, so it's probably haven't changed anything. I don't know. But yeah, I'm also tempted to, to play that game. I mean, but other than that, there was a lot of coverage around uh, the Definitive Edition before and around Gamescom, before Gamescom, etc. So it also was like, okay.
1: Then uh, you can pick your own, you know, like it, it's your choose your own adventure, choose your own segue. Just take Daisy Ridley or take Star Wars, whatever, whatever you prefer really. The next trailer was Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, um, which is, I mean, you know, I think everybody knows by now what the Lego Star Wars games are like. This one, Skywalker Saga, combines all nine movies from, from you know, the three main trilogies. Um, here, the, the most 2020 thing about the game was that it was delayed to next year because that is just what we do in 2020. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I think like really with these, everybody knows what to expect. And yeah. I still have to say, like, I don't have kids, but if I had kids, you bet I would be playing the Star Wars game. Yeah. They're just like super fun, you know, in co-op with, with people. I am struggling to say anything about the next game, Basti.
0: Uh, Which is so, struggling. Uh, the, the struggling feels like the kind of game I've seen too many times in the last couple of years. Like, I don't want to be mean, but nothing about struggling catch my interest in a sense from, yes, it's a weirdly oddly gross art style to this kind of like paper card unity um animation system and i have no idea what's the actual name for that um it's a two-day game platformer thing people will have probably fun it's okay this is a very specific genre but is also a very saturated genre at this point i think um I, i i lately played carrion and this is a game which does a little bit different things a little bit different and I think if you do a game uh in that genre nowadays you need to have something new, something fresh, something really interesting. Um and that struggling is not not giving that vibe to me. I'm struggling.
1: Well, I'm struggling to contain my excitement for the next game.
0: Oh yeah. Because
1: coming up next was um the the announcement trailer for like the release date of age of empires 3 definitive edition um i have to say i was really really impressed like with the graphics because um a, a friend of mine played the definitive edition many months ago during a test and it didn't look that much that great but like seeing the trailer i was like holy shit they put a ton of effort into, into the visuals that like it looks crazy like, a, like the smallest really, animals like a right? new game yeah. Like I was you yeah, know, like at the start like they showed like some of the old stuff and I thought like oh you know it's just like high resolution then yep. they were like, Hey, this is actually what it looks like, this is what it looks like now a switch and it looks it looks fantastic. Um Age of Empires three, it's um I bought that game at launch because I was a huge age fan. I bought an Xbox uh, three sixty at launch a month later or so. For the first couple of months I barely used my console, just I just kept playing Age of Empires three. Like I really like the idea of the home um t- home cities, which is like a little bit of a meta game. Like with every match you play with the civilization you get you know, some cards and like you can you can get some boosts. But, like okay, maybe you start with the work more or, like you get some other buffs. Um which I feel was like a, a you know, a great evolution of of the Age of Empires gameplay. Like there's like a little bit of the you know, like the Giving like the feeling of like a military campaign, like from mission to mission, like you know if you win something, there's like a benefit later on down the road, and um, yeah, it looks great. Uh, the campaign was really really fun in this one. So um, if you haven't played it, or and you know, to speak of 2020 and busty things, if you have Xbox Game Pass, oh yeah, I would really encourage you to try Age of Empires 3 Definitive Edition. It comes out October 15th, and it's it's seemingly you know just purely from the visuals, uh, it seems to be a, a great remaster of a really really great game.
0: Nothing more to add? My body is ready.
1: Um, good. Uh, I hope your body is also ready, because we're talking about you know, Xbox Game Pass. Uh, for Chorus. Now, Chorus was uh, revealed at the Inside Xbox showcase in May, when they showed the first games for Xbox Series X. And now for Gamescom, they had the first gameplay teaser. So um, uh, Chorus is a space game that is being developed by Deep Silver Fish Labs in Germany and Hamburg. Um, the, the most surprising thing to me here in the gameplay teaser was like be- besides the you know the gameplay stuff, uh, sorry, the, the the space stuff, there was also some flying around inside like buildings, so so that mm-hmm. reminded me a little bit of Descent. Yeah. Have you have you played Descent? Yep. Uh, fun fact: I have never played Descent, but there are few games I hate more than Descent Three, and you know why? Why? Um, because. On the, on the original, like like with the, with the original release, if every time you installed Baldur's Gate, it would show you a lengthy Descent three trailer that you could not skip. Oh the yeah, I remember. I've seen that trailer many many times when I was young, and I I hated it. I hated that game in the end. Like I, I I felt this urge to never play Descent because I was just, just let me play Baldur's Gate.
0: Holy shit! I got a weird train of thought, guys out there. Here comes. Listen to me. What we need is a Forsaken remake someone on kickstarter get that ip make it happen thank you what descent? forsaken
1: oh forsaken i remember that like that came i remember like being really really colorful
0: really colorful really old um, clunky as hell uh, i love that every time i say clunky i imagine that uh, richard's just like having a spastic uh, attack um, yeah carl Stokes, uh, I mean i think i said it before it looks like a very, very pretty Everspace, which is not a bad sentiment. Um, Gameplay-wise, looks good. I don't know if gameplay alone will, will hook me to that game or will try it, probably try it out, but uh, it's it's all right. The problems with the, with the um, third-person camera with space uh, games is always it feels very arcade and I'm more the space uh, sims um, than space arcade type of player. It looks pretty. It does
1: look pretty then um came you know the 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 flavor of the month the hype of the season and i have to admit i haven't played that game like so i, I don't really have any urge to play it so far either cuz they showed the first images like the first skins and cosmetics from season 2 of fall guys which yeah it's it's the game du jour like that everybody's talking about on twitch on it's Twitter, lightning everywhere. in a bottle right now have, have you played Fall Guys? No. It's oh. the most like the most downloaded game ever on PlayStation Plus.
0: This is uh, one one probably one reason why I haven't played it. I get overhyped. Uh, it's probably really good. Like I like the I like the concept. Um, I'm not into multiplayer fun battle royale. The idea right now is nothing for me. Even though I say uh, it was a brilliant idea, as I said, lightning in a bottle. But at the same time, uh, a season two sneak peek. Um, shown in a big gaming conference, opening live or whatever is for me. I just don't don't give a damn. I'm sorry. Like even if it would be a game I actively play, um, I I have no emotional connection to sneak peeking a season of an ongoing games as a service game in a in a opening night live. is like well, whatever.
1: I I would be if it was the right game.
0: Yeah, you're still That's playing. You uh, no, you're not, not not playing much Apex, right?
1: I stopped playing Apex uh, after last season, but if yes, if, if if you watch, because I had enough games to play, not because Ape- I still think Apex is a brilliant game. Okay,
0: so you play Apex, but would you say that a sneak peek of the uh, new Apex season has its place in a in a showing like this? Oh yeah. Okay.
1: Fair enough. Because I mean, realistically speaking, like you know, more people are gonna be would would be playing the next season of Apex than at least half of these games
0: hmm that's true you are a marketing yeah many
1: people say that with my marketing skills i actually go above and beyond the call of duty almost there next almost. oh that's the almost a segue was, almost a segue exactly i tried uh, the next thing shown was a game that i would love to play if i had the means to but i don't have and i don't plan to um buy an oculus um, it was Battle of Honor Above and Beyond, which is a revival of the once dearly beloved Medal of Honor series, uh, World War II stuff, from Respawn. Also Segway actually from Apex Plus. you see. It's like it's like double it's like it's double. Actually not Apex that bad, yeah. Segway Um it looks really cool. Like, you know, it, it's I'm I'm rarely impressed by VR games. Obviously, you know, Half-Life is one. Uh, this one, if if I had like, you know, like if if I could easily play you know, like uh, at work or so, I would maybe buy the game and just like, you know, uh, play it uh, at work over a couple lunch breaks or so. But yeah, you know, it's, um, it, it looks very cool, but
0: maybe not cool enough to, to get in bed with the, the Zuck. Yeah, same for me. It's like, oh, it's Metal of Honor, it's becoming, it's, it's VR, oh. 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 Mm. It's Respawn, oh, it's VR. Yeah, I mean, good. Maybe, maybe it is critically acclaimed or successful. Uh, whatever that means for VR. Uh, and I mean, I'm certainly hoping for them. I like I, I, respawn
1: is a studio. I, I really, really like, and I, I wish them nothing but the best. So you know, hopefully, absolutely. I'm considering it's a VR game. I hopefully, it does well for them. Then,
0: then bring, bring a PC, I K okay, console, Madolfer, or a really good one from respawn. That would be great.
1: True, I would be totally up for that. Up next was the launch trailer for Spellbreak, which is a magic uh, wizard spell-throwing uh, battle royale, which kind of looks nice. Actually, I think your game's writer really nails it by saying like it has a c- CGI cur- cartoon aesthetic that's straight out of the Dragon Prince. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Because um, I've seen a couple episodes of that because it's not anime, right? It's not Weep. Dragon Prince.
0: No. Uh, yeah, I agree uh not not with your sentiment about the dragon prince um um i think it's it's kind of weeby weeabooey, uh even though it's not uh, an anime um i like the art style but to be honest for launch trailer they haven't shown much gameplay footage and the gameplay footage looked more like this is an early in development thing because there was not much like the 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 area The actual map looked very bleak and boring and characters moving around looked nice, though. But I don't know what it is. Uh, The gameplay was not not catching me, even though I like like the art style a lot. Maybe, uh, I don't know.
1: Well, then moving on to something that didn't
0: catch me. But maybe you, I mean, you're old and you used to play a ton of stuff. Oh, yeah. Have you ever played Turrican? Holy shit. Every kid who had an Amiga played Turrican. I don't know what an Amiga is. You don't know what an... You're kidding Wait, an Amiga
1: is a Spanish word for friend, right? Like for for female friend. You're
0: trolling me, right?
1: Amigo, Amiga.
0: You're trolling me, right?
1: I don't think I've ever played or I've like seen... An, I'm not sure if I've ever seen an Amiga in real life. I know what it is, of course, yes. But I've never <sighs> played one or used one or so.
0: So Turrican is... um, That is cultural heritage. German cultural heritage. That game... Was heavily influential for uh, um, by its time, uh, not only from the visuals, which were absolutely groundbreaking indeed. Um, like every Turrican game pushed the envelope of that early era so far, but also from the music. I think the, like the the thing most people um, remember or have fond memories of is especially the music, which uh, created What's the its guy own. Chris yeah. And he created basically its own genre. Like a lot of this like like nectarine sound, old school um, bit music kind of things, which are still uh, very popular, uh, comes back to basically Turrican and his work in, for Turrican. Um, the trailer, I, I like, the, like the emotional vibe of that trailer, but also they haven't shown actually much about like, what is it about? Is it just the same ga- all the Turrican games running on a proper... Properly or on a modern system, and that's it. Is it like a GOG release of Turricans in a package? Is there something no else? I
1: guess it's like you know, a
0: high res full screen, whatever stuff like that. What you do, like that, that was the thing. Like, because I am absolutely their target audience, I will buy that, even though, it, like, even, even if they don't change much, I would buy that. But I would love to see the trailer. Like, tell me something, is it like is it only compatibility with the new systems is there like high resolutions is there something please tell me but yeah Turrican is great I,
1: look I, I know nothing about Turrican all I know about Turrican is that Chris Hülsberg made music for it that people seem to love and that Factor 5 later on made the Rogue Squadron games which were fun mm-hmm. that's all I know now getting to new content for an ongoing game as a service that was quite near and dear to my work. Um, Bungie showed a new trailer for Destiny 2 Beyond Light, and they showed for the first time the Stasis subclasses and the Ultimates. Um, a lot of what I just said probably doesn't make sense if you don't play Destiny actively. Um, so to put into layman's terms, so when Destiny 1 came out, they introduced three, um, essentially like like so there's three classes, and for each of them there's three subclasses because there's three elements. There's solar, which is fire. There's Arc, which is Lightning, and there's Void, which is, I don't know, evil energy. And that was uh, six years ago. So now, for the first time in like the past six years, they are uh, introducing a new fourth element into the game. Um, weapons or like, you know, like uh, power weapons or like, you know, secondary weapons, they all have an element to them. The subclasses, the skills like this is really, really a huge change to the Destiny sandbox because, you know, it's suddenly, you know, there's like 25% more elements, you know, to, 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 to um, affect all the stuff. And they showed the new skills. Um, I am, of course, a proud member of the only true nation, which is the Warlock Nation because screw hunters and fog titans. And um, it seems like our, our ultimate has us pulling out a, a wizard staff to, you know, um, freeze people because stasis seems to be like some kind of darkness ice that freezes people. So um, I'm right there. I'm I'm gonna be stasing a lot. I'm gonna be staz Stasing. stasing. S- I'm gonna be staff staffing a lot of people to icy death.
0: Perfect. As I don't play Destiny anymore, I have no idea what you're talking about. So.
1: Um, it's it's you know it, it, it yeah. As That's I okay. Like, really, it's if okay. you are into Destiny, it's a huge deal. And um, they also just showed today um that. Adding to that, seemingly there's going to be um, now also like customization of your skills um, that like 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 abilities can be affected by like different things that you slot into that change their, their, um, the way the abilities work, which is also something completely new. So it seems that, you know, um, really Beyond Light is going to have some. And of course, there's also the, the much more controversial uh, Destiny content vault where like half of this content in the game currently is going to be removed. So yeah, it's probably fair to say that if you're playing Destiny 2, that Beyond Light is going to be a huge shakeup of everything in that game. And that just leaves one thing, um, really the the big, you know, next gen moment of that event. And that was an extended look at uh, gameplay from Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which of course they had shown uh, during the uh, PlayStation 5 reveal, but now it was like a, you know, like an extend like not not interrupt the trailer but like an an ongoing gameplay demo and um what i really noticed is like a lot of people afterwards on my twitter timeline originally really really for me is like the you know always the gauge of like how well is something received i've seen a ton of people on twitter say that for them um ratchet or like this demo is like the most next gen thing they've seen from the new consoles uh, or, like, really the thing that, you know, is is convincing them that, like, the next consoles are going to be, uh, like, a big technical leap. So, I don't know what your thought is on that, Bastian.
0: Um, I agree. Um Even though I think a lot of that, what I really visually like about the new Ratchet & Clank is, uh, like, the whole general um, animation quality, etc. So, I don't think that everything shown there is necessarily something which is tied to next-gen. Um, I'm really looking forward to that game. I like the visuals. I think it is a good next gen showcase, but it's not good as stand to stand uh, on its own as a only next gen showcase, so to speak um this is a game which has a few elements where say, okay, this is only possible with the with the new console, but it's also in my opinion not far away from almost working like that or looking very, very similar to some to a lot of stuff we have seen at the end of the last console cycle. Not one uh, wanna wanna shitting on ratchet Clank because I think it looks absolutely stunning and I'm looking forward to it. But um like that what you said, I heard a lot of people saying that, but not everyone was positive about that. Like there was one part of the people saying hey Ratchet Clank, that's true, that's a great next gen showcase, it looks absolutely stunning and uh, different group was saying...
1: Were the people who disagreed, were they mostly Xbox fans?
0: (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. Should start a survey. But A lot of people are saying, okay, this is the only next time we've seen it's Ratchet and Clank. Um, I think the visual fluidity of everything, so many elements on screen, great animation, so many effects, etc. at the same time working seamlessly. Um, It's great. There are a few hidden loading times, I would say. Um, Has... um, I think we need... (laughs) But I'm currently a little bit torn. um, Because I think... When it comes to the feeling of next-gen... And what next-gen can bring to us... And how next-gen will look like... Especially when it comes to gaming... I think it's the weakest showing we had ever. But at the same time... With every new console generation... It got kind of like weaker. That's what I always say. The jump from 480 to 720 was huge. Um... The jump from sprites to 3D was absolutely crazy. From 720 to 180p, it was still good, but it was not like mind blowingly good. Then from 1080 to checkerboard rendering, a wannabe 4K, most of the time not really 4K, was uh, okay. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, games look so extremely good nowadays that you don't have that feeling of a big leap or jump. And I think that is something the new console generation will kind of struggle with. How do you sell something which is not that crazy different as it was in the past? You can do it with features like ray tracing, etc. But I think with Ratchet and Clank, most people, um, and I'm absolutely non expert on that topic, uh, cannot really pin down or see what's really next gen about that. Digital Foundry can... Uh, absolutely do that but to be honest I'm, I'm i'm struggling to see what is the exact the, the next gen part except of there's happening so much which can probably only achieve by the ssd
1: yeah i think like really it's it's the mix of you know a ton of stuff happening a ton of particles flying around and reflections like on Clank uh, are like like really impressive like yeah. the, the ray tracing true Ray tracing, um, just you know, pulling like always, like pulling yourself essentially into the world, you know, by, by by grabbing those portals looks really cool. And maybe I think like you know, um, and I think that's maybe going to be something that we we're going to see a lot like in next gen. It's it's not a a single thing. It's just like. A combination of things that, like, you couldn't have been doing on, on current gen. It's like, okay, we're we know, there's not this one thing that you just immediately think, oh, that could have never been done. But just as you said, like, you know, the, the amount of stuff that's going on, the ray tracing, the portals, maybe it's just like combination of stuff. Like, okay, the game like this, this would not be possible in current generation consoles um which you know i'm honestly I'm, I'm totally fine with that you know um if in the future it's it doesn't have to be one thing for me it's just like maybe here it's like a slightly you know higher resolution or higher texture resolution maybe there's more ai more maybe maybe on you know, this uh, like you can you can look further before like uh, you know stuff starts popping in um i think really there, there's a, there's a lot of ways you know, to, to, yeah. to have something next jenny like of course you know we're not going to see um, I think like this generation, for example, one thing that was very, very obvious uh, was uh, physics-based rendering. Like no. uh, you know, where people saw okay, like noticeably here, the metal looks very, very different than the letter or something. You know, on something like on something like Geralt in in Witcher, so, or of course like you know, an early example, uh, Marius in in Rise, but. Um, yeah. Uh, again, like I really, really, lo- I, I cannot state enough how much I love the last Ratchet game on the PS4. How like I've played it several times. So I'm really, really excited for this one. Like it's it's just you know it's a blast. And honestly, I have to say, um, you know, I'm almost finished now with Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. And even that game is like a very, very bleak and dreary and depressive game. It feels like almost all of the games that Sony made, like the, all the big uh, first party games except Spider Man, were in, like very very dreary and depressive i'm honestly also excited you know to see something that is just like super colorful happy same for me yeah play,
0: absolutely absolutely i'm getting a little bit tired of um, the melodramatic grittiness
1: yeah um that was the the games come opening that live again uh i'm not not the biggest fan but kudos to jeff for being up front and saying there's not any yeah. big announcements you know there you you will be seeing starfield or something here but like, um, there's going to be updates on, on announced stuff. And really, I feel like, you know, considering that, like, announcements. Uh, sorry, updates on announced stuff. Just going through it quickly again. Um, you had Call of Duty, you had Doom, you had Dragon Age, which was a big surprise. You had World of Warcraft, uh, Crash, uh, Star Wars, three Star Wars games actually. Uh, the Mafia remake, uh, Age of Empires uh medal of honor and topping all of that with like you know um destiny 2 of course and topping that with with ratchet and clank i feel like you know within the constraints of of COVID and a ton of stuff being delayed and so i i feel like you know this was one of the better shows we had this year this summer um if if you say that yeah there was no there was there was no you know huge uh, honestly like to me, it by far the biggest surprise was was sims 4 star wars like that that is a very big surprise to me as somebody you know who, who observes the, the the industry but um yeah i definitely feel like it was one
0: of the better shows and mm-hmm. it
1: was also very very long because that thing ran for like almost two hours
0: so yeah I, I i tend to agree but also coming a little bit from a different standpoint here um the constraints were very rough like uh, the the from from which point they started on actually being able to, to decide and organize all that stuff uh, was uh, very, very rough from the timeline. Also we're living in a time where especially you know, even harsher due to the pandemic, a lot of um publishers have their own formats and own shows. Because they say, I mean, if we if we are public, we don't need to rent booth Space, etc. then we can do a thing completely on our own. Um there are various formats like the the PlayStation showcase uh the xbox um, um then then around e3 etc like being in competition with each other where publishers say okay like where do we want to actually drop our big things so there are a lot of problems um organizing such a huge thing for the first time is also something when you cannot like uh, really bank on a lot of experience is really really tough so not blaming gamescom necessarily for that but i was more on the disappointed side because we haven't seen... Like, Gamescom is usually the hands-on experience kind of for a lot of people. And while that's hard to replicate, uh, because of the digital nature of that event, we haven't seen, again, not that much gameplay or for a lot of the games people are waiting for not really in-depth or more interesting takes, let's say, Squadron as an example. A game we're really looking forward to, but it was, okay, here's a glimpse of a c- campaign, fair enough, but expected maybe like one or two minutes more showing of actual um, uh, 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 gameplay elements of that game. Um, a lot of the games were uh, already, I mean, games comes usually not the, the convention where you announce your games, but I think for many games which have shown footage before and stuff, they were not really this kind of like Usually it is a big announcement at E3. Then at Gamescom, you have hands-on and more gameplay, etc. I think the gameplay portion was, again, very, very weak. And that is something um, which left a lot of people disappointed. I think they expected just a little bit more actual news, like a final look on something, etc. I think it was a little bit too long for its own good. Um, Maybe a little bit less trailers or a little bit less stuff in that time. I don't know. Um, but but as I said, uh, it is really really hard to work with that. As gamescom, I can only imagine almost fighting for getting the interesting footage from the big publishers and, and studios, etc. Um, it's it probably yeah. I mean, um, and then uh, that's, that's weird. I mean, you see a, a good reflection of that with the uh, Gamescom award, which is, in my opinion, the weirdest award thing ever. But You have, especially this year, stuff like um, Cyberpunk winning Best Game. There was no showing at all from Cyberpunk at Gamescom. So usually, (laughs) you have, they at least have something in any shape or form representing the game at the convention. But this time, it's like we're just giving out um, prizes or awards, uh, not really prizes or awards, to big games which are not even here. But this is usually big games where sometimes, uh, or some of the, these big games is stuff people are really looking forward to or would love to know more about, but you won't hear anything. But we're giving you an award for not being here. So this is a little bit weird to me.
1: True. That Yeah, that is a fair point, actually.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, that's weird. We have We have almost a competition of gaming streams from various publishers. Definitely. Uh, I mean, you, 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 you
1: definitely have competition from different media outlets because, like, yeah. there's, there's been like several media outlets, like IGN or so, who have all been running like their own shows, um, and there's definitely competition there. I mean, the the upside is, of course, it means that um, you know everybody, everybody who's running one of these shows wants content, right? Like, it means that like maybe a lot of games that normally wouldn't get, uh, you know, the the time of day. Um, are are getting like more exposure and like I think like even here you know what's what some things maybe something you know like uh, like uh, a chorus or so you know um, m- maybe you know that 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 would not you know make it to to some other bigger shows so like I think that that is kind of cool also that they're reaching out you know like giving giving like more devs and more games the chance to be part of these things I, I think agree. that is one of the upsides but yeah I've definitely you know, seen like a ton of people. I've seen a ton of people uh complain about you know, like uh, how many different shows there were and how impossible they feel like it is to keep you know to keep track of all the different shows and what is what is happening when and who is doing what and stuff like that.
0: And and you know what I'm a little bit scared about because I really like big gaming conventions. Um I'm a little bit scared that I mean you've seen how more and more people pulled out of E3 in the last couple of years even even Gamescom suffered a little bit from that one. And more and more people said, why do we need to go to spend a lot of money to an event like this if we can do our own event physically or digitally? And I think this year shows even more. Is there even like a space for a whole big, huge digital Gamescom convention? Or will a lot of the people come to the conclusion, like especially the big players, come to the conclusion we do our own and then, um, as some, someone like Gamescom maybe restructure around okay, uh, we have only uh, like what's left indie games, and indie games really need our coverage, right? Because they cannot do a digital event like that on their own. So, do we have to restructure? Do we have to change? Will we vanish? Will some events just vanish because Ubisoft, uh, of the A and Co. can just do their stuff their own? Because if they've seen this year, they can have the same level, if they can to be honest, they can have sometimes a better production quality. A more tight schedule, better focused marketing on their events to push people on, on like uh, Ubisoft, I mean, etc. I, I, think,
1: I think both Ubisoft and EA have said that, like their shows this year uh, you know, had had better, yeah. uh, better numbers than than previous shows as part of normal E3. So that is definitely something i mean like obviously the the the, uh, the thing with gamescom as you mentioned is like normally it's all about that hands-on experience you know, like people lining up for four five six hours to play a game um that is very very hard to replicate so i think like if you know hopefully fingers crossed uh next year um maybe you know we are at a point with COVID where we can say okay we can do a gamescom again i'm sure that a lot of companies will be flocking back especially as i mentioned like you know those big companies like EAT, yeah. you know, have like hundreds of hands-on booths at gamescom because that is not something you can easily replicate but i'm definitely sure that like uh, you know this year um and like the necessity of this year this year companies were forced to change their plans but i'm sure that a lot of companies are you know wondering if maybe you know why would they want to go back to the old ways if if things worked out well for them this year
0: i think to be honest the world in 2021 or after 2022 the gaming world will be different let's let's be honest stuff will change. Um, that does not mean that stuff will necessarily drastically change, but I think um, there are a lot of learnings and a lot of realizations this year which will carry on to to decisions uh, which will be made in 2021 and years uh, after that.
1: Definitely yes, But yeah, uh, maybe, you know, depending on how the world goes, maybe we may yet be alive at then. Uh, <laughs> True. Ourselves. So, um, any... Yeah. Any, any parting thoughts? Because I'm right there. I mean, like also one thing that, and maybe that is a, of course, like it's a special thing for us as somebody who works in the industry, but I think it also applies to like a lot of, of, a lot of gamers and also influencers. What is of course really, really missing is the community aspect, right? Like I personally, yeah. I would never go to Gamescom to play games at this point. Um, I love going to Gamescom you know, both because I get paid to do it, obviously it's my job, but also I really love going to Gamescom because every year to me it feels like a school reunion. Like you met so many, you meet again so many people that maybe you worked with once and now you know they work in different companies all over Europe, you're meeting some players, some people you met on social media, um, you know, um, if influencers do like a lot of meet, meet and greets and stuff like that, I think that is also something that's definitely very, very important. Absolutely. And I was, uh, you know, last last Friday. so. You, what would be you know, like Gamescom? I was I was on a train that stopped at you know uh, koln which is you know, like the train station where Gamescom is, and I was sitting there and and looking out and it was like an almost empty empty platform and you thought to yourself normally there would be hundreds of people here crowded, and it it, it did feel weird like it, I have to say like it, I, I really did miss Gamescom this year and I really missed this aspect of like seeing a ton of old friends and colleagues again so that sucks.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. From from players to 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 industry folks, etc., the the actual coming together part was just missing and you cannot it's really hard to replicate that with a with the live stream. You have obviously people in chat, etc., but it's not the same. Oh man. Oh well, kind of kind I'm of a downer. Um,
1: yeah, I uh, I'm 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 the downest, The downest. The system of a downing. Um not as much as a downer as it was to learn that the drummer of System of a Downer is a Die Hard Trump supporter but still a bit of a downer.
0: Oh, let's not start with that stuff. Oh <laughs> my god. Oh please, please.
1: So, um maybe um yeah, maybe maybe wrap it up on a on a positive note, Bus. if people want to talk to you about positive things that are not downers, how can they do that?
0: If you want to raise my mood and lift up my spirit, um, you can do that especially on Twitter at bastiantun, T-H-U-N and we can talk about uh, all this beautiful uh, uh, sacred memories from previous Gamescoms and uh, maybe your your best memories um, you kept and maybe what we are going to do when uh, Gamescom hopefully will be back next year. Let's cross fingers.
1: If you want to you know, share your, your fondest memories, not just with Basti but with the whole class, you can, of course, do so via email to projectilelunchcast at gmail.com. You can send us your thoughts, opinions, uh, threats to Busty to um, on Twitter to plungecast, lunchcast plungecast, just one word, plungecast, projectilelunchcast, plungecast. Or, of course, talk to myself at com underscore raven. I'm always delighted to talk to people. Um, maybe, you know, we, I've met some of you at past Gamescom's um, if not, maybe we're going to meet at some future Gamescoms, if the world still exists. Um, there was a downer again, right?
0: There was a downer let's again.
1: Say let's say something super positive, Basti. I'm about to get the fuck out of here and start playing Marvel's Avengers Early Access. And I'm hyped.
0: Uh, okay, um, um, I tried to rescue that one. Uh, I, I gotta get out of here and play Iron Harvest. With Eisenhunt. With Eisenhans. I got the collector's edition with the the neat Saxony um, trooper figurine.
1: Eisenhans. Look, I know my stuff. Just because I don't play games doesn't mean I don't know about games. Eisenhans.
0: Is is it called Eisenhans? You're more familiar with that game than I am. Holy shit. The statue
1: is called Eisenhans,
0: yeah. I dropped that ball. Not that mic.
1: Shocking. I'm going to drop a mic on you. Peace out. Bye bye.
0: Yeah.
1: Old school.